the Confidence Collective. I'm Danny, your hostess with the mostess. Don't you worry, there will be plenty more cheesy one-liners and dad jokes throughout this podcast. I'm an entertainment host turned confidence coach for women who are ready to step into their biggest, boldest, brightest self, aka who they've always been meant to be. I work with women who are newbie entrepreneurs, women who are looking to switch up their careers, and women who just need a confidence boost to finally go tackle that big, hairy, audacious goal they've been afraid to set for themselves. I created the Confidence Collective as a place for women to come together and collectively have conversations about our own experiences with confidence, the mistakes we've made, the lessons we've learned, and the growth that has happened along the way. We talk business, health, relationships, and so much more. New episodes will be dropping weekly, so be sure to subscribe and welcome to the Confidence Collective community. Today, we are talking all things anxiety and how to manage anxiety. And this is the kind of time of year where stress is at the forefront, whether it's from dealing with family that's coming in or the lack of family because all of us are dealing with COVID. Um, And I have to note here, I apologize in advance. My voice is kind of scratchy. I may cough a few times because I'm actually recovering from being sick. Um, But We are going to talk about how to manage some of these feelings during this time of year so that we can be the happiest, healthiest version of ourselves through the holidays. (laughs) So today we're talking to Stephanie Nelson. Stephanie, I'm so, so excited to talk to you. You are an anxiety freedom coach. Yeah. Did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Perfect. Yes. (laughs) The brain is a real thing, guys. I'm, (laughs) I'm kind of foggy, so I'm, I'm. I'm like, yay, I said it correctly, I remembered. (laughs) Yay. Yes, and thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited about this. So Stephanie, before we dive into talking more about anxiety and anxiety management, let's go back and I want to hear your story and how you went from working in a nine-to-five position to doing what you do now. Yeah, so I actually have a degree in forensic science and for a really long time, I was really passionate about health and wellness because it's such an untapped world and a lot of people don't know that, you know, they can heal themselves holistically. So, you know, it was just a hobby of mine because, you know, I had my degree, so I have to, you know, I have to do this. I have to do the the forensics and, you know, I spent all that money on a degree and I just can't let it go to waste is kind of what I thought. So I did that for a little while and it really wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It really wasn't fulfilling me. And I really wasn't excited about it. Like I was health and wellness, but still in the back of my mind, I was like, I still have to do something, do something with this degree. So then like so many women feel that way. So many women feel like, okay, there's this structure of like, I go to school, I get the degree, and then I go get the job with the degree. Mm-hmm. If you ask people, this is one of my favorite games to play when I meet people. <laughs> I'm like, what, you know, what degree did you get? And what are you doing now? And I, yeah. I'm like, I'm telling you 90% of the people I'm talking to that like what they do has nothing to do with their degree outside yeah. of lawyers, doctors, mm-hmm. you know, really specific degrees where you're like, this is a craft that I really have to um, yep. rein in. Yeah. It's so crazy. We all end up doing something different. 
Yeah, and I think too, part of it is we're asked so young, like what we want to do. And we may have an idea. And I think there are some people who truly know what they want to do for the rest of their lives when they're really young. But a lot of us don't. And we we have different expectations about, you know, what that area or field of work might be like. And then we find out, oh, that's not really what I want to do. So that was kind of like with what happened to me. And, you know, so, you know, when I, forensics was no longer an option for me, then I was like, okay, I can still use my degree doing something in chemistry because I pretty much have a chemistry degree too. So then I worked in a research and development lab as a tech and I was like, this sucks. (laughs) Like, I hate this. Like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Like, and I felt like I was just going to be chasing and you know, I really didn't want to work in pharmaceuticals because it's just not something that um, industry that I believe in. Um, like, I think there's a purpose for that, but just like their whole, you know, idea, their mission, uh, I just don't believe in it. Yeah. So then I started looking into, you know, nutrition and master's programs and one, the perfect one came in front of me and it was everything I wanted. I could do it online. I could do it while I worked. And it encompassed everything that I didn't even honestly know I wanted in a program and more. So it encompassed nutrition and encompassed psychology and encompassed spirituality plus business and coaching skills. And, you know, I just fell in love. And, you know, as far as trans, you know, transferring from, you know, working that nine to five to, you know, actually starting my business that took a lot of faith and it took a lot of confidence and, you know, it honestly took a lot of support too from my husband. And I was thinking to myself, if I was still in the middle of my anxiety, there is no way I would have had the courage to step out in faith and quit my job in the middle of a pandemic to start my business, doing something that I'm really truly passionate about. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my story in a nutshell. So you said if you were still in the middle of your anxiety, did you used to suffer from really bad anxiety? I did. Um, I think it was about, I don't know, I kind of forget the times, but three or four years ago, like it was really debilitating and like I, it was affecting work. I was at the time actually an independent contractor. So my job relied on me going out and doing work for myself. And, you know, I, my anxiety was so bad. I, my sleep anxiety was so bad that there were days that I just like couldn't work because my anxiety was so crippling. So break it, break yeah. it down for me a little bit more. Cause I'm, mm. <clears throat> I've never heard of sleep anxiety. Mm. So what is sleep anxiety? And you say like your, your anxiety, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> my voice again. Um, <laughs> you say your anxiety was crippling. Like what were some of the things that you were feeling? What were some of those side effects? Cause you know, we, I'm learning, um, because it's kind of a new world for me. I'm learning that there are a lot of different kinds of anxiety and there are mm-hmm. a lot of side effects that anxiety can produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the sleep part of it basically was I could not sleep and I wasn't sleeping well. And actually the first, when I went to the emergency room, because I had no idea what was going on was when I didn't sleep for two days. Oh, wow. And when I, I was physically exhausted and I would go and try to fall asleep in my body. It was almost like someone was tasing me from the inside. 
and it would jolt me awake. And obviously like, I was like, this is like, what's going on? Like, I feel like I'm dying. Like I was hyperventilating and how did the uh, doctors react to that? (laughs) I mean, it was kind of like nothing really. And I think, I think too, we went to the emergency room because it was, I think it was a weekend night, of course. And you know, I feel like in the emergency room, you have to, they have to have some sort of, you know, sense of calm and, you know, they just kind of get used to certain situations, but they did tests and they're like, oh, you probably just have anxiety, you know, here's a medication and, you know, list of primary care physicians and therapists and, you know, sent me on my way. And I was like, okay, the good thing was I finally was able to fall asleep. Um, but from that point on, I had severe anxiety around going to sleep. So a couple hours before, you know, I would be thinking about going to sleep. That's when my anxiety would get really, really high because I was so afraid of not being able to sleep, Mm. being afraid of getting into that state where I literally broke down mentally and, you know, physically and had to go to the emergency room. Wow. So, and that's really common. Um, and I didn't honestly realize how common that type of severe anxiety was until I found myself in that position. And I started looking at all these groups on Facebook and so many people, you know, with similar stories, like I went to the ER today for a fourth time this month and things like that. And they're not getting any answers. So yeah, so that's like the sleep anxiety. And then just like the everyday anxiety, you know, the I would go to the grocery store and I'd be in line and my heart would start racing. I would feel really faint. I would get really hot. I would start sweating. And I would be like, I just need to get out of here. And, you know, I'd put a smile on my face to the cashier and get out of there as soon as possible. And, you know, I might be shaking. So it's, it's an excessive amount of anxiety or anxiety in situations where there shouldn't be anxiety. Mm. Where do you think that stems from? Because I'm hearing this more and more now from people I talk to. They're like, oh, I have mm-hmm. severe anxiety or I suffer from anxiety. And I myself <clears throat> have issues with anxiety and I've, mm-hmm. I've picked up tools along the way that help mm-hmm. me deal with it yeah. where I can now recognize what hap- what's happening. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I'm, something's off here. Or I'm, I'm feeling a little worried. Like, mm-hmm. for example, my dogs got out the other week mm-hmm. and it was a whole ordeal. I swear to God, I shaved 10 years off my life, (laughs) like (laughs) trying to find them. All of my neighbors think I'm like cuckoo now. Cause I was like running through the street with no shoes Mm -hmm. on yelling names. And everybody's like, is this chick? Like, did she just come out of somebody's basement? What's going on? (laughs) Craziness. Yeah. But every time they go outside, I have like, I can feel my heart start to race Mm -hmm. and I have to like I panic a little bit. I have to Mm -hmm. swallow it back down and be like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. They're not going to get out every time. It's going to be okay. And I run through like a checklist of Mm -hmm. the gate closed. This is happening. This is happening, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm aware of it now. Mm -hmm. You know, why do you think we're at least hearing more about anxiety and you see more people saying, okay, no, something is wrong with me. Like I need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Writing these prescriptions no longer going to work. Yeah. Um, there are so many different causes of anxiety and I didn't realize this at the time. I didn't, I didn't actually figure this out until I was going through my health coach certification that there are 15 major causes of anxiety. And at the time that I was at my worst, I had probably about nine or 10 of them to varying degrees. 
So it really can be a lot of different things. And like in your situation, that anxiety came from a traumatic event where your dogs get out, you were scared for them. You didn't know where they were. You didn't know if they were safe. And then you created that neural pathway in your brain Mm -hmm. saying every single time my dogs go out, they're going to get out and they might, you know, not come back. So that's one example. There's, you know, if you're not sleeping, there's other past traumas. And, you know, when I say past traumas, it doesn't necessarily have to be something really traumatic. Like we think of, um, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, violent experiences. It could be something you happened when you were a kid and, um, someone told you that, you know, you weren't pretty or something like that, or that you were stupid and you took that to mean a certain thing. And what your brain does is it will then seek out things in your environment every single day to reaffirm that belief that you created. So a false belief, you can call it. And, you know, part of overcoming that is doing the work to unravel that. There are a lot of different ways you can do that. For me specifically, I was trained in a technique called the transformational trauma technique. And it goes back and actually dismantles that belief. And it's amazing. Like I've seen it work so well on my clients where, you know, they've had this one memory, this one belief that was created when, you know, she was five years old and it was causing her all this anxiety. And we go through this technique and it's no longer there. She, she'll message me and say, something really weird just happened. Like I was having a conversation with my husband and, you know, he was asking my opinion on something and normally I would go back and forth and not really be sure. And I'd him and haw about it, worry about it for you know days. And I just blurted out an answer. And she was like, I have no idea like where that came from. Like, it's because you removed that block that you had that we worked on. So she no longer had, you know, that specific anxiety and just working through the layers. Um, so what is so this technique called again? The transformational trauma technique. Can you walk me through like some of the steps that happen whenever you go through that technique? Yeah. So the whole idea is again, to dismantle the belief. So a belief is created from an experience, the emotion that you had during the experience, and then the explanation that you gave for the experience. So basically what we do, it's kind of like a meditative process. And, you know, I guide them through, we pick out, you know, what was the, what is their main pain point? And then what is that core belief around that pain point? And then we go back to, okay, what is the earliest memory you have of that? And through that, we dismantle it. We have conversations um, and we create new explanations find, you know, positive things from it. And then there are a few other steps to complete it. Um, but it's really amazing, amazing work. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I had never heard of that term used or it being called that technique. And I find mm-hmm. that so interesting because I think a lot of coaches that you talk to, and I do this in my own practice and I by no means deal with health or mm-hmm. <laughs> anything like that. But, um, when it comes to finding clarity around your goals, And then, you know, breaking down the things that have prevented you from reaching your goals. Oftentimes you are 
you know, recreating new neural pathways because you're having mm-hmm. to break down some of those old, more resistant ones that are yep. those false hoods internally that are yep. preventing you from creating mm-hmm. and moving forward. And yeah. I just find fascinating to see how the brain works where the smallest thing, the tiniest of things mm-hmm. can resonate so deeply with you to where mm-hmm. you lock it away. Mm-hmm. And it comes up every time something even remotely approaches yeah. that thing or that theme that you experienced. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really crazy. And but I do love the fact that we can create those new neural pathways because that's kind of relatively new. We used to think that, yeah. you know, what, whatever we had learned, we had, it was stuck. We were stuck in that and we couldn't create new pathways. We couldn't create new brain cells. And that's just not true. We know that for a fact. So it's really, it's, it's difficult. I mean, it, it's, it's hard work to, you know, face those, you know, past traumas because even like the little things, you know, they bring up a lot of emotions, you know, especially, you know, and the, and the thing is, the crazy thing is that most of the stuff happens before the age of seven. So to be able to go back and still like feel those emotions that we felt then yeah. is mind blowing. Yeah. Do you think that's why we hear more of an, an open discussion around anxiety or emotional disorders, if you will, Although I, I don't necessarily think anxiety is a disorder, but that's the only way I know how to describe yeah. it right now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you think we hear more about these emotional disorders because we're starting to learn that they are actually directly correlated to your health? Like there is a scientific reason as to why you're feeling things. It's not just emotional. Like your emotions are, are in large part based on things that are happening inside of your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think a big part of it is that it's become okay to talk about anxiety. And I do think that's a great point. Yeah. And I do think that there are a lot of people who are seeking out that information and they are realizing that what's going on with their emotions, you know, with their thought processes, it is affecting them physically and there are things that they can do to change that beyond medication. And, you know, medication can definitely have its place. Like I used it when I needed it to bridge that gap, but you know, it was, it was something that I didn't want to stay in because it didn't make me feel better. It just allowed me to somewhat live my life. Yeah. When I was in college, um, I, got to a really, I was really struggling at one point. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't know at the time, and I was misdiagnosed was I had endometriosis, Mm -hmm. ear endometriosis, which I later went on to have emergency surgery for. But I remember this doctor who I went to, because I got really sick at one point and I was having Mm -hmm. a really hard time Yeah, mentally, emotionally, physically, like I was dealing with a massive amount of pain in my gut and nobody could figure it out. Yeah. And I remember this OB that I went to looked at me and said, well, you know, you just need to toughen up. This is part of being a woman and you just need to deal with it. And so crazy. But at the time for the emotional piece of it, because I was, I was really anxious because I never knew when the pain was going to hit. I was Mm -hmm. really sad, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of depressed because I felt like I couldn't like be myself to the fullest because I had this thing and nobody was really listening to me. The doctors mm-hmm. weren't really believing me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember they prescribed me a medication to help with the emotional state. Mm-hmm. And 
Very I can't common. remember what it was, but I remember taking it for a couple of weeks and I felt like a zombie when I was on yeah. it, mm-hmm. which I know some people have that kind of reaction when they're on medication. And I, I took myself off of it because I just remember thinking like, I'm sure this is wonderful for some people, but this is not, this is not helpful to me right now. This yeah. Is definitely not, and this definitely is not the answer. And right. fast forward, um, my mother, who's a PT, she actually ended up doing a lot of research at that time and um, did, a, did a lot of research about like natural remedies and teas mm-hmm. and herbs that yeah. you can, like, help certain areas of your body and certain mm-hmm. systems in your body. And she made some teas for me that I drank religiously for like a month and a half and it yeah. had the symptoms. And I started That's amazing. Her. Yeah. yeah. And That's, yeah. later down the road, when I finally got diagnosed with it, my doctor who, the one who did the emergency surgery, she was like, oh, sweetheart everything's connected mm-hmm. like all of these other issues that you're experiencing for me, like acid reflux and, mm-hmm. you know, the mood swings of the up and down and then up yep. and then the feeling amazing and all that stuff. She's like, everything is connected to this. Oh yeah. All together. Like just know that. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. And your story is so, is so similar. So people always when they come to the natural holistic way, it's usually because they're not getting answers from the medical community. Yeah. That's usually why. And then they come to the holistic side and they, and they heal themselves and they feel so much better. And I know when I was seeing my primary care physician about anxiety and I told her, I was like, oh, you know, I'm doing, you know, more relaxation things and using more essential oils and it's really starting to help. She's like, oh, that's great. Keep doing that. Um, but it wasn't like, oh, like what specifically did you do? Or, um, it wasn't something that, you know, she had brought to the table because they're just not trained in it. Yeah. And it's funny. It's my dad's a doctor. So my dad's an electrophysiologist and my mom's a PT and my mom is very much so a believer of the holistic remedies and mm-hmm. uh, not just Western medicine, but Eastern medicine too. Mm-hmm. And my dad is very Western medicine. Yeah. <laughs> So I kind of, you know, I believe in both and I believe both Mm -hmm. are beneficial, but, Mm -hmm. um, I do also believe that if you are struggling with things and you're not getting the kind of care or answers, like, Hey, maybe try looking elsewhere, like try some of the natural remedies, try reaching out to a health coach or something, because I, you know, you may just find answers there. I know I have in the past. Yeah. And going back to about, you know, everything being connected, everything physically in your physical body is connected but your mind affects your, your physical body and your spirituality too affects your physical and your mental body. So for example, like one of my past clients, like we didn't even really, she had all of these physical symptoms and she, we did not even discuss really nutrition at all. And we just focused on mindset. We focused on the transformational trauma technique and you know, some little bits of spirituality and her physical symptoms pretty much went away. Wow. So it just goes to show like how powerful, you know, those other parts are. And if you're just focusing on nutrition, you may only get so far. Yeah. And I had that experience too. Crazy. So crazy how powerful your mind is. Yeah. Okay. So we are hitting the holidays Mm. and the holidays are very stressful for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of anxieties come up during the holidays, a lot of, you know, um, feelings that are largely ignored during the rest of the year, whether it be from a lack of family being present or 
a lot of family being present. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, or if you're a business owner trying to end the year on a good note and getting ready for the next year. Um, there's just so much going on at this time of the year. So let's talk about some simple, simple steps that you can take mm-hmm. to um, take care of yourself this month. Yeah. So one of the biggest things that you can do, and at this time of year, especially, I think people put it to the wayside is exercising and exercising affects your mind so much. So just by doing, you know, 20 minutes, three times, three times a week, you can lower your anxiety. You can lift your mood, lift your spirits and Another thing too, is it helps to detoxify your body. And if we're really toxic, that can also create anxiety. So exercise is one thing that you should definitely not skip out on. And again, it doesn't have to be, you know, let's go do this hour long class at the gym or this hour long video. It could just be going dancing for 20 minutes in your living room with your kids or going to the park with your kids and running around or going on a really long walk. Like it doesn't have to be something crazy. And the best type of workout for you is the one that you'll actually do and the one that you'll actually enjoy. So that's tip number one. And this actually will help with tip number two. And that is to sleep. Make sure you are sleeping. And if you're not sleeping, my tip about that is make sure you are putting your phones away at least an hour before bed. And if you don't, at least have a blue light filter on your phone and put those blocks on your social media apps. So for me personally, social media is definitely an addiction. And it's an addiction for a lot of people and it causes a lot of anxiety. So I have have blocks on my phone where literally I cannot open any of my work stuff. I can't open any social media because social media is part of my work now um, between certain hours. And I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I'm not missing out on anything. And I actually feel a lot better and it creates a lot. You're going to be so you're going to be in such a better place mentally to handle those stressors around the holidays. If you put those blocks up for yourself. I need to try that because I noticed I have, I have trouble sleeping sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I noticed that I was like scrolling through my phone late at night. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was scrolling, an article popped up. It was like things you shouldn't do right before bed. It was like <laughs> scroll on social media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no wonder it's 1230 and I'm not asleep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like a little fun fact too. Um, for every hour that you are exposed to blue light. So anything from like a computer, the TV, your phone, any sort of bright light at night, it suppresses your body's ability to produce melatonin for 30 minutes. So yeah. So if you're watching two hours of TV at night and then try to go to sleep, your body's not producing melatonin for an hour. Wow. So it's a, that's usually a, a good tip that helps a lot of people sleep better. And when you're sleeping better, you're gonna have lower anxiety, lower stress, and you're gonna be able to handle all of those things that come at you. Because when it comes down to it, you can only control yourself. You can't control the things and the people around you. So by 
doing those things for yourself, you're going to be able to handle all of those craziness, all those crazy things that are happening around you. So that was two-ish, two, yeah. three, I don't even know. I also, I want to say here about social media. Um, this is something I caught myself feeling the other day and I had to put it down and put it away. Um, I sometimes get anxiety from the things that I read on social yes. media and mm-hmm. I can start feeling them impact me. And for mm-hmm. me, I, I always think of it because um, I work with people who feel stuck. I've worked with women who like feel like they aren't getting where they want to go. And mm-hmm. a lot of times looking at other people's feeds, because I mean, Instagram, especially it's one of those places where you put your best foot forward. Everybody's oh, putting yeah. the like positive stuff. Everybody's putting the happy stuff. Everybody's like, yeah, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So if you are like struggling or you are having anxiety, like literally reading happy thing after happy thing after happy thing about how everybody else is so awesome mm-hmm. um, can sometimes really be bad for you. Like it could be really yeah. harmful to you. And I found myself like scrolling the other day and I was in like a, I was not in a great mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was tired. I wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. I was feeling really overwhelmed because I had a lot of stuff going on. And, um, I hadn't done a brain dump yet. So I was just like sitting mm-hmm. with all of it and I started scrolling and I just felt myself start to like yeah. really feel into all of that. And I was like, Oh, nope, now doing this. And I closed yeah. it and I put it Good. away, literally on my desk and walked off. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. Not yeah. doing this. Yeah. And that's, you have pretty great willpower. A lot of people, you know, are so addicted that they just, they can't do that. And it, it is an addiction. So that's why putting up those blocks, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice when you yeah. have those blocks up. At least the app I use. I literally have to uninstall the app if I need to change something. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. So I actually, I've had to uninstall it a couple of times because I missed like the deadline to like post my post. And I'm like, yeah. crap, I, I need to post this. So I have to delete the app and then reinstall it after. But it's really great because I was using one before where I could easily override it. And I would override it all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to check this one thing. Oh, I'm just going to check this. Yeah. And yeah. So, so what having, is app? it is, let me get it. I might just be an Android app, but um, the one I have is called Focus Me. Focus Me. Okay. And it, Focus it, it, me. it literally puts limitations on your social yep. and it's like nope you're not working out you're not working around me yeah <laughs> you can you can pick you can pick all that which apps you want so it's not all of them you can pick the ones that you want okay interesting and, and then you can pick like the days so i have like a weekday one and i have a weekend one and i have a time frame and now you can pick to like get a password if you want to go in or you can pick a forced mode which i pick <laughs> so no matter what you cannot change the days the times you can, I think you can change the apps. I don't know if you can take away, take away apps, but you know, you can definitely add apps if you need to add anything. What a and great tool. Yeah. So I found that to be really helpful. Okay. So for the holidays, make sure you're working out. Yeah. Make sure you're getting sleep and, and not even working out, just move. Like Matthew yes. McConaughey's thing. I love his thing. So when Matthew, when you ask Matthew McConaughey what his workout routine is or how he stays in shape, he just says, I sweat every day. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, he doesn't have a set thing. He's just like, I find a way to sweat every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's awesome. Like, it's good. And I love that. Feels, feels good about himself. Yeah. Um, so just find a way to sweat every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make sure you are getting plenty of sleep and drinking mm-hmm. plenty of water. Mm-hmm. If you struggle with 
you know, finding yourself getting anxiety from seeing what other people are doing or saying, especially in the social space, find a tool that makes you put it down, that makes you walk away from it. And if you do that on your own, find an app like Focus Me that Mm -hmm. will literally block you, (laughs) block you from doing the thing that you're trying not to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And what else? What else can we do this month? I think the best thing that you can do is to take the breaks that you need to take. So I just posted about this the other day. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Literally just posted on my stories. I hopped on my stories because I was, I was, again, I think this was actually the same day that I was in like this pisser of a mood. (laughs) Not doing well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, um, I was getting so frustrated and irritated with myself because Mm -hmm. I had so much to do, but my body, this was Sunday. It was, it was last Sunday. Um, I was getting so irritated with myself because I didn't feel well. And my body was screaming, go to sleep, take a nap, mm-hmm. lay down, get some rest. Like my body was screaming it. And I was sitting mm-hmm. like at my computer with my eyes kind of fluttering, oh, no. opening closed, yeah. eating it every step of the way. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? No, mm-hmm. no. It's like, mm-hmm. I need to give my body what it needs. And I yeah. have to just take the rest. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Nothing bad happened when exactly. I did. It. Exactly. In fact, I felt way better afterwards mm-hmm. and I was able to focus and yeah. get more done than how do I just like try to fight through it. Yeah. Felt, and yeah, especially and especially women too like there are certain times, you know, where we are supposed to relax. We are supposed to just do like some light walking. You know, we're supposed to give ourselves that grace to, you know, brain dump or give space for us to, you know, cry and it's okay. And, you know, I find, especially with women and especially, you know, if there are moms that they always put, you know, themselves last and they're like, well, I need to make sure all these things are done. All these things are taken care of before I do anything for me. And then you're run down, you're irritable, you're lashing out at other people and, you know, maybe people aren't enjoying your company and they would so much rather you take that five minute break that you need. Mm-hmm. Who cares? We don't need 10 pies, like do yeah. the two that people want and take that extra time to go get a massage or just go do yoga or something. So don't be afraid to take that time for yourself for breaks. I use this analogy all the time just because I think, and I think I've actually used it on this podcast before, but (laughs) um, when it comes to taking care of yourself and making yourself a priority, I always go back to the airline example of like, hey, if the plane's going down, they tell you to put your mask on first, Mm -hmm. then go and assist others. They do that because if you're busy taking care of everybody but yourself, like you aren't going to be able to take care of anyone else because right. you're not going to, you're not going to be good enough. Like you're not going to, you're not going to have oxygen. You can't right. So right. You have to take care of you so that you can go help other people and you can be of use and support them and give them what they need. Yeah, and I think that same thing applies to us in real life. Like, Hey, like if you're running on empty and you have nothing to give, nobody else is going to benefit from that. So in your mind, you may be saying, oh, I'm, I'm taking care of everyone else. But to your point just now, Stephanie, like they're probably thinking she needs a nap. Just yeah. take a nap. Like mm-hmm. we don't really want you around right now. <laughs> you exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. So it's okay. And I, mm-hmm. I laugh about it just because, you know, it's fun to like laugh at these things in hindsight. Right. But, right. You know, 
go fill your cup, go fill your cup first so that you can help others fill theirs, you know? Yeah. And like, I think to a lot of people with anxiety, they're introverts. So that's, that's me. So we actually are really drained by being around people and having that social interaction. And while it's great. And like, for me, like I love the social interactions. I, there comes to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm done. And like, I need to go and, you know, take 10 minutes and do a meditation or something like that. Or let me just go read for a half an hour. Then I'll come back. I'll be super re-energized and then I can, you know, have those conversations and um, be with family and be with friends and everything's going to be great. I'll be happier. They'll be happier just by taking that little break, knowing yourself. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Give yourself permission to just say no. That's great. I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. Give yourself permission. If you need to write it down, like yeah. I give myself permission to take breaks and I'm giving you permission to take breaks. Anyone listening here who doesn't feel like they need, they don't have the permission. I give you permission. And mm-hmm. I don't, can't tell you how many times I've told that to my clients and they're like, wow, I feel so much better now that I've said that. It's just, it's just so crazy. And then they give themselves permission to do those things and they feel so much better. Yeah. They have those. Have you ever seen those like coupon books that they sell at like the bookstores or the, like the tchotchke stores that it's like, here are your like love coupons or here are your like coupons for kids to give to their moms. And it's like, you know, this coupon is for one hug or this coupon is for a massage mm-hmm. or this yeah. coupon is for, I'll do the dishes today. Yeah. Give yourself your own version of the coupon. There you go. Be like, yes. rip it out and <laughs> toss it. Be like today, this is what I'm coupon. doing. Yep. I love that. <laughs> That's so great. Okay. So we've got quite a few tools here. Like yeah. make it out, you, you know, drink water, you take care of yourself, make sure you're getting sleep, mm-hmm. give yourself permission to say no, because you don't have to do it all. And you certainly yeah. don't have to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, write yourself a little coupon book. If you've got to yeah. do that shit off and be like, mm, give yourself permission. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So as we wrap things up today, Stephanie, which today has been, I mean, this has been such a great conversation. It has been so Uh, much fun. I asked the same question at the end of every podcast. And that is, if you had one piece of advice to give your younger self, what would that be? Mm, One piece of advice. (sighs) To not care what other people think. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah because we spend so much time like worrying about like who you're going to impress or who, especially it's a good tip for the holidays too. Like, you know, who is going to judge you for your house or who's going to judge you for the way you look and none of it really matters and no one actually really cares. And if they do, then they shouldn't even be a part of your life anyway. Mm-hmm. Stop worrying what other people think. Like, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me for a chat today. This has been awesome. Like everyone who's listening, like if you want to get in touch with Stephanie, you want to learn more about what she does, everything's in the show notes. Reach out to her. Say hello. I bet she'd love to meet you. <laughs> yes. I would love to chat. I'd love to chat and hear your story and see like if, you know, working together would be something that would benefit you and me. And I've had such a fun time on this podcast. So thank you so much, Danielle, for having me on and, you know, even putting out this podcast because I think a lot of people are going to benefit from all the guests that you have on here and just to inspire them to be, you know, their true selves. Oh, thank you. I'm going to end here because that was wonderful. (laughs) 
Make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast if you loved it. I would also love to connect with you. So come chat with me over on Instagram at danielle.hawthorne. You can also head on over to dannyhawthorne.com where I have some really fun freebies for you, including a free mini course where I teach you how to boost your confidence in under three minutes. This is a process that I use before all of my celebrity interviews and I absolutely swear by it. So go to dannyhawthorne.com and grab that. It's 100% free and you can literally start using it today to give yourself a confidence boost because you know what? We all need one sometimes. Until next week, keep being confidently you. Thank you.